everyone. Welcome to Diving Into Deep Waters. I am your host, Dan Rowling. And first and foremost, I want to say a huge thank you to everyone for your love, support, encouragement on Diving Into Deep Waters podcast going to YouTube. If you missed the announcement, here's another announcement for you. We're very excited. We feel incredibly supported in this endeavor. Some people are like, hey, I am a visual person and so it's hard for me to listen. So I'm super excited you're going to YouTube so that I can watch you because that's how I connect better. So it has its place. We still have, we'll have our recorded so you can listen, but then we'll also have it where you can watch it. And one of my friends said, well, if I didn't talk to you enough, now I'm really going to talk to you when I can see your face. So bring it. I'm super excited. So just want to give a shout out to you all. You guys are amazing podcaster listeners. And it's just, you know how to make a girl feel ready to embark on the next journey, the next adventure, because it definitely is going to be an adventure. So yeah, here we go. I want to start off with a statement. (laughs) Because I think every parent can relate to this statement. I think that God gives us children to keep us humble. And many of you know exactly what I mean when I say that. You can be feeling super good about yourself. And then your kid will say something and it literally can deflate you in like probably less than a millisecond. You're feeling great. And then they say something and you're like, you just feel like a deflated balloon. I will share an example with you because I had this happen to me this week. We had Abby's volleyball tournament and uh, last it was last weekend and it was lunchtime. So basically it was time for our bracket play, which if you don't know what that is, it's basically like in the beginning you have pool play, which is you and basically like four other teams or four teams all together, you play each other. Then whoever does the best in that, they take those people and they place them, well, they place all the teams in different brackets. So like silver, bronze, gold, I didn't even say that in order, gold, silver, and bronze. And I think sometimes there's other ones. But this time we actually made gold, which was our first time as a team. So we were super excited for the girls. And so they're sitting around waiting for bracket play and eating pizza. It was funny just to watch them like, girls are silly and I love it. I love that they can just be themselves. I think back to myself as a 15 year old girl, I don't know if I was fully myself. I've talked a little bit about that. Just always this pressure to feel perfect and didn't allow myself to be a kid sometimes. And so I love literally love watching these girls just laugh hysterically. They're like stealing each other's pizza. I mean, they just don't care. They're themselves and it's a beautiful thing to see. Never change girls. But anyways, so one of Abby's friends says to me, hey, I've been listening to your podcast, which a 15 year old girl listening to your podcast makes you feel like you might be kind of cool. You might, you might be all right. You, you, maybe you're not boring. <laughs> I don't know. And so it made me feel really good. And then the other girl sitting around like, oh my goodness, you have a podcast? Really? And then they were telling the other girl like, hey, share it with us. We want to listen. So at this point, I'm feeling pretty amazing. You know, maybe my head was bigger than it should have been in that moment. And so they kind of look at Abby and they're like, Abby, your mom has a podcast. And Abby's like, she's just chomping on her pizza. And she's like, 
Yeah, I don't listen though. I went from feeling like, oh my gosh, I may be kind of cool to, yeah, <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> so in a split second, I went from maybe my head blowing up way too big and about to burst. And then it just, in one second, my child deflated me, like just took that little pin and pricked the balloon and down I came. <laughs> she did say afterwards something like, well, my life is a podcast or something like that, which is is probably very true. So yeah, kids, they keep you humble. They, yeah, that's, I think their job. But I do want to give a little shout out to Mia because she's the one who listens and I appreciate it very much. And to Abby who keeps me humble. So you made my day, Mia. And Abby, you kept me humble. Speaking of Abby, she has been incredibly loving this week. So she was making up for it, despite her little comment there. She is sick. And not that I want my kids sick or anything like that. Never want our kids sick. Especially some kids are more dramatic about it than others. I kind of like my husband. Anyways, I won't get on that topic. But she, when she gets sick, she does get more lovey. And she actually came in my room and she sat on my lap and she's like, I know I'm probably hurting you. And I was like, I don't care because to have your kid, she's my youngest, she's six two. I don't care. Crawl on my lap. It's one of the best feelings ever. I don't know. It's just, it warms your heart as a mother. Just so any kid listening, I mean, Even my adult kids still come and sit in my lap and I love it. They will never be too big to sit in my lap because it just, I don't know. I love it. When I see babies, you know, mama's holding babies and they're like, it's nap time and they're on me. I'm like, soak it in because it's just a beautiful thing. Anyways, she not only once came and sat in my lap, she actually came and sat in my lap twice. Then she also crawled in my bed. You know, Sundays I like my nap and I was preparing for a nap. I had my heated blanket on. I had my heating pad on and she crawls in my bed with all her sicky germs all over my pillow. And I'm like, Abby, like you're sick. And she's like, but this is the place I want to be. I should make you happy because you're my mom. Ugh. And I let her, I let her put her sickness all over my stuff and I let her take a nap. I even waited an hour. I let her sleep for an hour. And then I was like, okay, I need a nap. I got to change my pillowcase and stuff like that. And you know, she took a nap there, but to top it all off, she was getting ready for bed. So we, when our kids are sick, you know, we give them all this stuff that we need to give them, but then we like use these unkers, which is kind of like, um, I'm forgetting the name, uh, vapor rub. It's just a more homeopathic version of it. And so we love it. It doesn't make you feel greasy because I feel like vapor rub growing up, we always had that. And I always felt like super greasy and this is not like that. And so I put that on her. We put a humidifier on with this stuff in it, you know, to help so you can breathe through your nose and all this stuff. And she's like laying there in bed, all cuddled up. And she goes, mom, can you lay with me? I was over the moon, you guys. Like, it just, I, and I was like, of course. 
And not only one night did she do that, but she did another night. And Joe's like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, He's like, she's sick. She wants you to be next to her. And I'm like, yes, she does. And I just, it just filled my heart. So even though she got me a little sick, so I might have to take a drink of water. Um, I am recording this on also getting ready for YouTube. Not that this episode will make it to YouTube, but just, you know, so you know what's going on here. And so I might have to take a swig of water because, you know, my throat is a little not great. But anyways, that's enough about Abby. Although I did think about this the other day. I thought when Abby leaves home, I'll have nothing to talk about. That Maybe that's when the podcast will retire. Actually, maybe I'll have grandkids then. So then I'll still have things to talk about. I don't know. So getting into this week's topic. So this Sunday, my husband was preaching. And I don't remember specifically what he said, which I'm not saying like it wasn't good. It was actually a great message. But he's starting a new series, super excited about it, called Blind Spots. If you want to go look it up and watch it. But I, he said something. And you know, like something sometimes will trigger a, a thought in your mind. And that's basically what happened. And so he said something. And it, it just, the word that popped into my head was percentages. And I'm not a math person by any means. You don't. I'm the person who, when I have to do concessions and like someone hands you the $50 bill, I like freeze. I, I'm like, okay. And I try to like figure it out and not count on my fingers because <laughs> like, I'm just, I'm just not a math person, but I just got into this thought of percentages and how does knowing the percentage of something affect us? And I'm going to give you some examples of what I mean. So when we were waiting to find out about our son for U of M, I looked at the percentage of his possibility of getting into the college and it was 17%, which not going to lie, not very encouraging to think, okay, you have a 17% chance of getting into the college that you really want to be in. But so it kind of deflated me a little bit when I saw that. Another situation is we are looking at recruitment for Abby for playing um, co- college volleyball. And I looked up the percentage and the percentage for that to happen is 7%. That means one in 13 people will play a college sport. So, you know, and volleyball is, there's some sports that are easier to like bowling is easier to get into than volleyball. Like some sports are not putting down bowling. If you're a bowler, not putting it down. Trust me. My um, father-in-law is a bowler, great bowler. And so there's just some sports that are harder to get into college. Basketball's hard, volleyball's hard, but then there's some other sports that are easier. So again, I looked at those numbers, felt a little deflated, Then I was thinking back to when Paul and I wanted to get pregnant again. We had our two girls and we were having difficulty. We had a bunch of tests run. And I remember the day that the nurse called and said, honey, I'm sorry, but you will not be having any more kids. That was devastating news to me. The the percentage was basically like, she told me 0% was, so none, I had 0%. Then I think about my mom who has stage four colon cancer. And when we found out the news three years ago, we started to do our research, of course. There is colon cancer in our family, so it could affect me as well. And so 
the percentage of living is 14%. So not a super high percentage. And I think a lot of, you know, when when anybody hears that word cancer, I mean, it's it's such a devastating word. And we were even talking about this, like so many people never hardly knew anyone who had cancer. And now we all know not just one, but sadly multiple people that have it. And so it's it's already a big word. And then when you look at percentages and the doctors telling my mom doesn't listen to the doctor, which good for her in many resources, except when I want to know something and she's like, I don't know. But um, I, when I looked at that, I thought oh, 14%, that's, that's not a very, you know, encouraging, encouraging number. When I think back to when Paul and I started um, our church and it started in our living room and we had no financial backing and basically 20% of starter churches actually make it. And and I get that when we started it, we heard a lot of rumors about our church, like they don't even preach the word of God and just different kinds of things, which I understand when you're bringing something new, especially a church, like people want to feel grounded. They want to feel a part of something. They, they want to feel like they can put their roots down in there and it's something that's not going to go away tomorrow. Like, I get that. And also, Paul and I had helped start a church that didn't make it past two years. So those those percentages felt real to us when we started our church. I think about me being the product of an affair between my mom and my dad. My mom was a single mom who raised me. I've told you guys that before. But the percentages of me growing up to be a successful person are not very high. I actually have a higher chance of being like a substance abuser or, you know, deal with depression or anxiety or a disorder of some kind because of my background. It leads to those things. So I have a higher percentage of that than actually turning out okay. The odds weren't really in my favor, if you will. So when I think of that word percentages, now you guys know if you've listened to me for any amount of time. Now it's been a while. Actually, I thought of this. I'm like, it's been a while since we've picked apart a word or found out the definition of it. But I think obviously there's so much more understanding when we do that. And so I looked up the word percentages and it's a rate, a number, any proportion or share in relation to a whole, an amount. Basically percentages leave us to compare, to measure, and calculate. So now maybe when you're looking at a situation in your life, you don't put a percentage number on it. You're not like I have a 50% chance or I have a 14% chance or I have a zero per chance of that, you know, and if you don't put percentages on it, don't, I recommend you don't do that. Cause like, I think I've done that on some things in my life and speaking from experience, it's not healthy, <laughs> but what we do do is I think we compare, we measure, and we calculate the things in our life. So maybe there's not like an actual percentage sign, but we definitely compare to others. Like, will I be successful as that person? Or we, you know, measure like our worth by what we're able to accomplish. And we try to calculate, right? Before we step into something, 
we calculate, is this going to pan out or not? Which in some things you kind of have to do, but often I think we calculate in the wrong way because it holds us back from doing what we should be doing. <laughs> so it's not always in our favor. But when I look back at this podcast, if I, I didn't really look at, I mean, literally I was like, I should start a podcast. I'm going to start a podcast. And then the people are there to start the podcast. I actually didn't do, and maybe this is, I don't know if it's good or bad, honestly. Probably in my situation, it probably was better that I didn't look into the percentages of podcasts, like, succeeding because <laughs> I did look it up just for this podcast actually because um, there's like a 50% chance that a podcast will pod fade. Have you heard of this word pod fade? I have not. This is my first time hearing of it which basically means it starts off and then it fades away. Obviously like it's a podcast that fades but anyways it's a new word but it's there's actually over are more than half a million podcasts turned out yearly and only 20% survive. I and mean, that's crazy. I'm glad I didn't look at that before I started. Honestly, I have to say, it's obviously easier to look at that now because it's been three years. I've been doing this for three years. It's going well, <laughs> so well that we're venturing into new waters. And so um, it's, if, Looking at those statistics, I'm like, okay, that that's like, oh, I'm in the 20%. Okay, that's good. But had I looked at that before, it may have uh, been differently. I mean, I don't even know if I should have looked it up. Like I said, maybe I said, don't look up things. And then here I am looking them up. But because what if it would have said like podcasts only make it to year four <laughs> and then they fizzle out? I mean, that could actually be really discouraging and affect my thinking, right? So I want to ask you a question. Why do, because I think, and I'm not saying all the time, all right, this is, nothing is all the time, but I think oftentimes percentages affect us negatively. When we look at them, unless it's like a, like a hundred percent chance, there, there's a good chance it's negative. Even thinking back to my mom, when she was first diagnosed with cancer, she was actually stage three. And there was a, I believe it was a 70-30. So 70% chance it was going to go to stage four and 30% chance it wouldn't. And even then, I was like, 70% is like so high. Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't often think it has a positive effect on us when we're like, finding out new news or we're embarking on something because I don't know I just think that normally they don't don't have a super positive spin on it unless obviously like when I looked at the podcast I was like oh hey I think we're doing all right <laughs> there's some positive but here's why I say I think they affect us negatively and I also think that percentages affect our decisions if I would have known that most podcasts do not make it past episode three, would I have started this podcast? I asked myself that question, and I think that would have been really disheartening for me when I first started, if I would have known that fact. 
I probably would have been like, this is a stupid idea. This is like, this was right. I actually started right when COVID hit. This is like, find something to do because it's COVID and this is not it, Erin. <laughs> like, find something else. Knit, crochet, do diamond art, find something else, do puzzles. We did do a lot of puzzles. Um, you know, do something like that. But uh, even looking at the YouTube, like, I haven't looked at statistically what the, the odds are <laughs> of making it in YouTube. Why? Because if it's negative, I think it would totally affect my thinking. Maybe going in blind sometimes is not a bad idea because then you don't know what your, what your percentage is. But, so, we're going to kind of flip the switch because what if percentages didn't affect us negatively? I, I think they often do, but what if they didn't? Because there's, God is not affected by percentages, not even in the least. And actually, I think when he hears a percentage or where there's a percentage involved, I think God says, oh, yeah, okay, watch me. I think that's his response to percentages that affect us negatively. Now, I want to visit a, an account that's actually found in Judges 6, 7, chapter 6 and 7. Now, before we read it, I kind of have to set the table because at the end of 6, something happens that leads us into chapter 7. So, we have Gideon, which if you don't know who Gideon is, and I'm not going to think that everybody knows who every Bible character is, or maybe this is your first podcast you've ever listened to, and you don't really... You didn't grow up with the Bible stories. Sometimes I think in churches, you know, we talk about this and this getting on a rabbit trail, but sometimes we think that people just know spiritual terms. And we have to remember that in our churches or if podcasts, whatever we're doing, that not everybody grew up knowing everything like about the Bible. And so if you don't know who Gideon is, Gideon is basically a guy who's He's kind of weak. He's hiding out in a wine press because he's afraid. So <laughs> he's not like this macho guy or he's he's probably the least likely person for God to come to and say like, hey, you, you're a mighty man of value, which is what God does. He, he finds him. He knows where everybody is anyways, right? And so he comes to him and he's like, hey, you, come out of that wine press and you are a mighty man of value. Well, of course, Gideon's not really convinced in the beginning. <laughs> it takes, you got to read through the, the scripture to find the whole story, but God convinces him basically like, hey, I've called you. I'm going to equip you. You're going to be fine. And so that's who we're starting off with is Gideon. He's not confident in himself at all. But um, so later in chapter six, we have, and actually I think that's in the beginning of chapter six, the whole account of Gideon, if you want to go read that. So later in chapter six, we have all of the enemies of the Israelites are getting together and they're going to join forces to come against the Israelites. So they all decide to camp together in the valley of Jezreel. And this is kind of this. Now Gideon is the leader of the Israelites. So all of the enemies, all the people who don't like the Israelites are like, let's get together and make one big army and we're going to go against the Israelites. I'm sure that had to have been freaking Gideon out. Remember, he doesn't have confidence in himself. 
and he's not even convinced he's the right person for the job, but God tells him he is. And so Gideon, this is going to be his first battle. This is his first war that he's going to have to wage, and he's going to be in charge. Remember, he was just hiding out. Now he's the person in charge. So maybe you're questioning God's choice too. Well, that's okay. (laughs) God does a lot of things that surprise us. So Gideon's never led a battle before. He's never been in charge before. And so he, I'm sure he was probably freaking out. And if he could have looked up the percentage of like, am I going to win this war? It probably would have said 0%. You're outnumbered and you've never done this before. And yeah, you should probably go back to that wine press and hide out a little bit longer because you're not going to win. There's a low chance of you succeeding in this. But listen, this, this story is so good. Because Gideon gets all the Israelites together and he tells God, see, see Gideon isn't sure of himself, so he, he does kind of play a game a little bit with God, which before you be judging, I think we all do the same thing. And so this is what he does. He takes a fleece, which is basically like a sheep's coat, and he lays it out at night. And this is what he tells God. He's like, all right. If there's dew on the ground, and nope, I got it wrong. If there's dew on the fleece, but the ground is dry, then I know we're supposed to go to battle. So what happens? He wakes up and the fleece has dew, but the ground is dry. Now, he said, if, if you do that, that I know, that I know, that I know, I'm supposed to go to battle. Well, he wasn't convinced. <laughs> Good thing God has patience, right? And so he says, all right, so let, let's let's do this again. Let's, let's, let's reverse it, okay? So now the fleece is going to be dry and the ground will be wet. Then I know that we're going to, we should go to, to battle. And sure enough, God's like, okay, all right, Gideon, whatever you need to, to know that you know that you know that you know that you're supposed to do this then this is what I'm going to do. And so he does it for him. And so, um, yeah, now he has to go to battle because God has showed him two different times. Like, okay, which isn't that kind of life. Like, and here's the thing. I love that it shows that Gideon asked God for a sign. I have asked God for many signs about many different things. And don't be afraid to do that. I think sometimes we think if we ask God to confirm something that we're not trusting him. And I have often found that first God is very patient with me in the times that I struggle to to step out and do something. He'll show me multiple times. When we started our church, he showed us multiple, multiple, multiple times, way more times than we deserved. So that we knew, we, we walked in it, still not confident, but with more confidence. And here, Gideon, I don't think he has full confidence, but God doing that, just something stupid, right? Think about it. It's like a piece of sheep wool. It's wet or it's dry. Like it's, it seems silly, but yet it's God saying like, I care about you enough to show you, like, I'm willing to show you that what you're about to do, you're supposed to do. And for Gideon, like, to me, starting a podcast is not, I mean, it's scary. 
doing YouTube is scary. Like I have to visibly be seen. <laughs> I can't sit in my robe with my hair up in my I mean, I, I may I may come on this podcast on YouTube in my robe one time just because I want to. <laughs> I don't know. Someone told me they're like, you should do that. <laughs> and I might. Maybe just to say, like, I don't care. Like, this is not about how I look. And it's about stepping into things that are bigger than I can do myself. And but for Gideon, this is like war. Like, if you do this and you got it wrong, you could die. Like starting a podcast or a church, you're not going to die. You just might get me fun of. That's it. So we're to chapter seven. And I'm going, so I'm going to read in verse two. But before I say this, so Gideon had 32,000 soldiers ready to go to battle. You need to remember that. Okay. It's very important. All right. I'm going to read this. So it says, uh, yeah, verse two, the Lord said to Gideon, You have too many men for me to deliver Midian into their hands in order that the Israelites may not boast against me that her own strength has saved her. Announce now to the people, anyone who trembles with fear may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. So 22,000 men left while 10,000 remained. All right. The men who were trembling with fear were like, that would have been me. I'd be like, I'm out. I get to leave. Woohoo! Peace. <laughs> right? Because God's like, if they're trembling with fear, they're not going to fight. So those people get dismissed. So we have 32,000 and God's like, too many. So 22,000 leave. That means you're left with 10,000. Gideon was already not sure about this. But then he just lost 22,000 men to fight. The percentage, you guys, is not looking good. But we're going to keep reading. Verse 4. Okay, I got to find it with my old eyes. Okay. But the Lord said to Gideon, There are still too many men. Take them down to the water, and I will sift them for you there. If I say, This one shall go with you, he shall go. But if I say this one shall not go with you, he shall not go. So Gideon took the men down to the water. And there the Lord told him, separate those who lap the water with their tongues like a dog from those who kneel down to drink. 300 men lapped with their hands to their mouths and all the rest down on their knees to drink. And the Lord said to Gideon, with the 300 men that lapped, I will save you and give you the Midianites into your hand. Let all the other men go, each to his own place. So Gideon sent the rest of the Israelites to their tents, but kept the 300 who took over the provisions and trumpets for the others. Okay. So God says, still too many. I'm sure Gideon's like, um, we started with 32, then 22 left, and then now we have 10,000 and there's still too many. God, do you know how to do math? <laughs> not to not to be disrespectful, but um, the percentage here is not looking good. It's so funny too. Like to me, the body, the Bible is comical because you would think that God would have picked the men. It if I was God, okay, I would have picked the men who had manners, <laughs> right? Because the men who got down and licked the water like a dog. 
are the ones that God says, I'll take those. Um, what is that? And the ones who are like proper, maybe more proper, you know, cup it in their hands and drink like a normal person. God's like, yeah, you can let those go. So basically he chooses the ones who lap like a dog, 300 of them. So we've gone from 32,000 to 300. If we thought 10,000 was a lot less, now we're at 300. Why on earth would God want the percentage to be so low? It, it doesn't make sense in my mind, probably not in your mind either, but I want to go back because the Lord says exactly why he did this. All right, because if we go back to verse two, it says, in order that the Israelites may not boast against me in their own strength has saved her. In other words, you're going to know it's me and not you that did it. Did you hear that? God's saying, this is to show you. I'm going to put the percentage so low of you winning this battle so you know that it's me and there's no way you can do this on your own. Oof. I don't know. That hits. Remember those scenarios I gave you in the beginning of this podcast? I, my son got into his school of choice. God said 17%. Not a problem for me. Let me show you what I can do. My daughter is being looked at by a college that actually doesn't pick from rural clubs. Like we were told that. They don't pick from your kind of club. And they don't look at freshmen. Yet, they're looking at her. No problem for God. You can't have a baby? God says, let me remind you that I am the creator of life. Not a problem for me. Your mom shouldn't be alive today because of colon cancer. Well, I'm God and I'm not finished with her yet. Oh, you have nothing to start a church? It's my church. I'll do what I need to do to plant my church. Oh, Aaron Rowling, you are should statistically be a mess of a human. Hmm. Well, I'm going to give you a wonderful husband. I'm going to give you children who love God. I'm going to let you be a pastor and a podcaster. And yeah, we're going to defy those odds. Percentage does not stand a chance when mixed with God. God's in the mix. You have nothing to fear, nothing to worry, nothing to show you that that can't happen. And actually, I think that God has a sense of humor because I think the lower the percentage, the more God gets the glory for the things that he can do. So I have, as I've done this podcast, I've reflected on a lot of percentages and things that I didn't know how God could do that and maybe lacked trust that he could do it. And I just want to speak to you. If you're looking at anything in your life and you see the percentages low, instead of being affected negatively by it, that it encourages you. I know it seems crazy, but we just read a really crazy story about Gideon and like God taking it all the way down to 300. And guess what? Read on. They won the battle. Surprise. No surprise with God. 
he wants to do it, he will accomplish what he wants to do. And there's nothing that will stand in his way of that. No percentage, even a 0%. It just shows what God can do. So be encouraged. Don't look up percentages. <laughs> but if you do, and if you, if you feel that percentage and you're like discouraged, be encouraged. God can do what he wants to do. And we're going to be encouraged by that. Amen? Amen.